Welcome to the podcast of Christ Church in Town in Jacksonville, Florida. We are seeking the renewal of all things in Jesus Christ. Towards that end, we are committed to cultivating personal transformation in Christ, an uncommon fellowship of racially and economically diverse individuals, and the flourishing of our neighbors. To join our local body in membership or financial support, visit ChristChurchInTown.org. Now, um, this week we will continue in a sermon series in uh, 1 Peter. Um, we found out so far that Peter is writing to a community, a minority of community of believers who are um, serving a God that's not recognized in the community in which the people are, are living. And Peter has been struck, instructing them how to live out their faith. And today, He's going to um, talk to them about living out their faith, living out the gospel in the face of suffering. So at this time, we will go to our scripture. And I'll be reading first Peter chapter four, verses one through 11. Since therefore Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourself with the same way of thinking for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So as to live for the rest of their lives in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sexuality, pleasures, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery and they malign you. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is why the gospel was preached even to those who are dead, that they judged in the flesh, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sakes of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as God uh, as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of God. It is given to us in love and it is absolutely true. Now, today we will get into this chapter. We're going to see Peter is giving encouragement um, for endurance in the face of suffering. In the face of suffering, we can choose to live either by the will of God or we can live by the flesh. 
And to be honest, the only true way for a believer to live is to live by the will of God and follow Christ's example in ongoing suffering. A life conformed to the will, conformed to the will of God is the only way we should live whenever we're going through. Whether we're suffering or not, it's the only way we should live is our life should be conformed to the will of God. Listen to these words. Find a way to get in trouble. Find a way to get in trouble. Good trouble. Necessary trouble. Be prepared to speak up and speak out. Be courageous. When you see something that's not right, not fair, not just, you have a moral obligation to get in the way and make some noise. Those are the words of Senate uh, Representative uh, John Lewis. John Lewis is a Georgia representative who recently died. Lewis played a key role in the civil rights movement. He was once the chairman of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee while in college. Lewis was arrested over 40 times, 45 to be exact, for protesting segregation and for the civil rights of all. He was involved in lunch counter sit-ins, freedom rides on the interstate buses. He was the youngest speaker to speak at the March on Washington. On, on, May, on March 27, 1965, during a voters' rights march from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama, an incident that has become known as Bloody Sunday occurred. Hundreds of protesters left from a church uh, and were crossing a bridge in, over the Alabama River. When the marchers encountered the sheriff and a line of Alabama state troopers, they were armed with clubs, tear gas, and bull whoops. Lewis stated, they came forth beating us with nightsticks trampling us with horses, releasing tear gas. Lewis further recounted, I was hit in my head by a state trooper with a nightstick. My legs went from under me. I thought I was going to die. From the beating, Lewis suffered a skull um, fracture and was transported to the hospital. After all this, he still found the words, the courage to say these words. Never become bitter. Never become hostile. You never try to demean your opposition. Brothers and sisters, what a picture of, of suffering, of how to suffer. In the, in the midst of all that he went through, in the midst of all the trouble that he had experienced, he still thought never to be bitter. He still thought never to become hostile. He still thought never to demean the people who were attacking him. And so today in the scripture, we're going to see Peter as he begins to, to talk to this, this minority community of believers about how to suffer. For the believer, we must learn how to suffer. Christians are to arm themselves with Christ-like courage they are to minister to one another with Christ-like service and commit themselves to God with Christ-like faith. So in, in the midst of our suffering, we too must 
put on the things that Christ put on in order to be able to serve like Christ served. The first thing he tells them to do is arm themselves with Christ-like service. He says this, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves the same way with the same way of thinking, for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So he's telling them, he's referring back to how Christ suffered. And we know that Christ suffered and he done no wrong to anybody. We know that Christ was sinless, but yet he suffered. He suffered for the righteous and the unrighteous that we might be able to, to come to God. So we must put this flesh to death, but we must be made alive to the spirit. So how does that happen? That happens through patient endurance in the face of unjust suffering. That is the only way for us to suffer. Just as Christ suffered, we are to patiently endure the unjust sufferings. It, 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 if Christ was persecuted and, and not only was he persecuted, he was put to death. What, why do we think as Christians, as believers, that we shouldn't have to suffer? Christ was our living example of how to suffer. Listen to this, arm yourselves. Arm yourselves refers to a soldier putting on his armor. I want to say this, that when I was in the Marine Corps, I didn't decide what my armor was. I didn't decide what I was going to wear. I didn't wake up one day and say, you know what? I got a little 22 rifle at home, and this is going to be my rifle that I carry um, in, in the case of war. No, I was given all my armor. So I must arm myself the way Christ armed himself. He armed himself with the love of God. He armed himself with what he needed to do the things that God has called, that God sent for him to do. Brothers and sisters, we arm ourselves. Why? Not for if the attacks come, but for when the attacks come. The attacks will come. We need to be able to, um, we need to be able to defend ourselves. And our defenses is, is not for us to to just fight back out of the flesh. No, it is for us to live. It is for us to, to live like Christ lived, to suffer like Christ suffered. It is for us not to realize that it's in us, but, but it is, we must have an unwavering resolve to be and to allow God's will to be in our lives. As Christian soldiers, we must put on the belt of truth. We must put on a, a breastplate of righteousness. We must put on the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the shoe of the shoes of the gospel. This, this it tells us right in Ephesians chapter six, and the sword of the spirit. We, we cannot, we cannot win this battle on our own, y'all. We we can't we can't just decide that you know I'm gonna do this and this is how I'm gonna live. I'm going to do what's best for me. No, we must be conformed to the will of God. We must arm ourselves like Christ armed himself. And we must go through like Christ went through. Look at verse two. Verse two says this. So as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. 
As Christians, we must adapt the mindset that we count ourselves dead to sin, that the worldly desires mean nothing to us, y'all. Brothers and sisters, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna show us in a minute that we can't do this on our own. It's all through Christ. You know, we just can't wake up and, and, and the things that we once enjoyed that we just said we're not gonna do it anymore. Something has to happen to us. We have to take on something that is greater than us. No, no, we have to be like Christ was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but thine will be done. We are to live the rest of our lives, not for the evil desires, but rather for the will of God. We must put on a new mind. We must arm ourselves to live like God lived. We must arm ourselves. Our mindset must be to live as Christ lived. Look at verse 3. Verse 3 says this. It says, for the time is past. Suffices for doing what the Gentiles would do. Living in sexuality, pleasures, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. We are urged to live in the present and to live in God's will. Because the old habits were things of the past. The things that we used to do. These things that we did before our conversion, they were now to be considered worthless. For they, for we had Paul, Peter's telling them they had already, they had already spent enough time in worldly pursuits. It's almost if they were trying to, he was telling them, you got to make up time. And we know, brothers and sisters, what's time is gone, time is gone. There, there is a song, if I could turn back the hands of time, I would do things differently. I will walk differently. I would talk differently, knowing what I know now. So Peter is telling them that Christians should live in this world, but, but, but not of this world. We're required. We're required to be here. So we have to be living examples of Christ. We cannot live like the world lives. The world lives for itself. The world lives for whatever is best for me. That's what I'm going to do. It does not matter who I have to step on. It does not matter who I have to lie on. It does not matter who I have to cheat. The world's way, God's way is for us to embrace suffering. God's way is for us to, to endure patiently the things that are contrary to the way that we believe. Isn't that something? What if the world will begin to, to in, in patiently endure? What if we begin to be living examples and doing what God has called them to do? Those things that they were doing, they were, they were having sexuality, what, whatever feels good, whatever I think is right, that's what I would do. Their drunkenness, their drinking parties, they would just come together and just begin to drink and just have a good time to the access to, 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 to drunkenness. Um, and they would just do whatever they wanted to do. But verse four, look at verse four. It says, with respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery. And they've been lying to you. Listen, I've already said this. We are to live for the will of God. A changed life provokes hostility and resentment from those who, re who reject the gospel. Uh, listen, our partners in crime are now our persecutors. 
The people who did the dirt with us, the people who committed the crime with us are now angry because we have we have been delivered from that lifestyle because we've had a heart transplant because our mind has been renewed because there is a freshness on us. Those who walk the road of debauchery with us are now our persecutors. See, corner minded people cannot understand the things of God. And listen, so because they can't understand, they begin to to talk bad about us. They begin to attack us. They begin to say, I remember when. I remember when you used to do this. I remember when you used to do that. Brothers and sisters, the truth of the matter is what they remember is true. We did walk those roads. We, we did do those things that was contrary to his will, but we have been changed. So brothers and sisters, we must be careful how we respond to this. We must be careful that we don't in turn become bitter, that we do not become the ones who try to talk back against them because God has made a way that we are now experiencing the, 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 the grace of God. And we too must remember them. We must remember because we were once those people, but God has changed us. And that's what Peter is saying. Be careful how you respond. It wasn't long ago. You were doing the very same thing that they're doing. So brothers and sisters, we are required to love folk. We are required to love folk that are different from us. We are required to love folk that do things that we don't do. Listen to this. They, they have spent most of their lives in indulging and in idolatry. And listen to this. Someday, one day, they are going to give an account. We are people living in this time of thinking I'm going to do what's best for me. People are saying that you only live once, you might as well enjoy life. And that that simply means I'm gonna do what I want to do and can't nobody tell me nothing. But brothers and sisters, that ain't a way because there's coming a day when we're gonna have to all stand before God. We all gonna have to answer to him. So brothers and sisters, do not, have the attitude that you are now living your best life. I'm going to live my best life. Brothers and sisters, I need, I got a shocker. This is a news break. I know we get fake news all the time. I know we get stuff that's not right that we hear on the news. But hear me when I say this. This is not your best life. If this is your best life, you of all people are most miserable. This is not the best life. I'm not trying to live my best life until I see him, until I see the man that died for me. Are y'all listening to me today? I can't see you, but I wish somebody would talk back to me. I am not living my best life because my best is yet to come. So brothers and sisters, don't have the mindset that I'm living it up. In, unless you are living for Jesus and it only gets better from here because if this is your best life it doesn't get any better than this so it's easy y'all it's easy to become discouraged when we see people or people are, are it looks like that they're just doing whatever they're big and bad enough to do and you are trying to do the thing that God has called you to do brothers and sisters let me assure you this 
They are not getting away with anything. They are not. They are not because God is in control and they are going to have to answer to him. So look at this. Let's go to verse seven. Verse seven says this. Verse seven says the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober minded for the sake of your prayers. The problem, this verse here is he, Peter is saying the end of all things is at hand. At, at, the, at the time of this writing, it had been some 40 years since the death and the resurrection of Christ. So now Peter is telling them that, that Christ's return is intimate. He can come back at any moment. And now, can you imagine? So for 40 years, they had been hearing that Christ is coming back. Christ is coming back. So they, they were beginning to just live any kind of way because it had been 40 years. He hadn't, been, he hadn't come back yet. Imagine us some 2,000 years later, over 2,000 years later, and Christ hasn't returned. So we begin to think, well, you know what? When is he coming back? When is he coming back? Truth of the matter is he can come back whenever he gets ready. And if that means five minutes from now, if that means 50 years from now, he's coming back. And brothers and sisters, I want... I want to be ready when he comes. What will he find us doing if he comes back? Will he find us trying to live our best life? Or will he find us living a life that's conformed to his will? The fact of the matter is, brothers and sisters, yes, we are living in the last days. We just don't know when they will be. The end is near. He says, sister, the end is near. Watch this, y'all. He says, be self-controlled. In other words, what he's saying, be, be mindful. Avoid returning back to the things which you have been delivered from. He's, he's talking about sobriety. He's talking about restraint. He's talking about avoiding the temptations, the very temptations of going back to those things. Brothers and sisters, you know as well as I know that it's not within us to avoid anything. It's not within us to be self-controlled outside of the will of God. Brothers and sisters, we must be focused on who he is. We must, we must seek after him. We must allow his spirit, allow his will to take over our lives. Then he says this, be clear-minded. That means to keep our head despite of the dangers and the fears that we may be facing. Uh, listen, fear and worry, it only stimulates us. It only stimulates the, prosecu the prosecution that people are going through. When you begin to, to think and you're always worried about what people are saying and you're not focused on doing the will of God, guess what that happens? That persecution only makes you fearful. It only makes you worry. And it causes you to, to make uh, uh, uh rash decisions. It calls you to, to have bad judgment simply because you're so worried. The end of things are all near. All is near. God has promised to never leave you nor forsake you. You are not alone. God is with you. As a matter of fact, if you're going through something, you're only going through it so God can get the glory. You're only going through it because God has promised to put no more on you than you can bear without giving you a way out. So God 
is with you. God, he, you are handling what God has designed for you. And, it, and, and it's to teach you. It is to teach you that God is with you, that God is a way maker, that God is there in your time of trouble. Listen to what it says. So, so for the sake of your prayers, a sober-minded man and, and un, a man whose mind is not uh, sober-minded don't know how to pray to God. He don't know how to ask him for his help. He don't know how to pray his word back to him. And, and a man without self-control, the Bible says a, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So brothers and sisters, I encourage you, I encourage you to seek the will of God, but that is the only way we're going to experience any self-control. I encourage you to, uh, to conform to the will of God because that's the only way we're going to have a sober mind. Let's look at verse eight. Let's look at verse eight. It says this, above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sin. In the face of persecution, the thing that matters above all things is that we love one another. See, brothers and sisters, this is not superficial love. This is not uh, the love doesn't, that doesn't provoke you to do something. It, this love is, is deep love. This love will stretch your limits of love. This love puts demands. It comes with demands. The love that a Christian have for one another is something special. It means caring for other people. And, and such care is, is not just... Uh, doing what they need for you to do. This love involves you getting to know them, growing to know them. It, it means that you're spending time with people. It means that you're connecting with people. So guys, we have to be prepared to care for one another. Um, and we have to be willing to, to watch this as Dave has said so many times, do life with others. What does that mean? And I know it's hard for us to connect with people now, but how do we how do we do life with people? How do how do we connect people? How how do we show love? I told you last week that Sonia I Sonia and I experienced the love of our church during the last month, and and it is so good to see the church come together and do what the church is supposed to do. We're supposed to love. We're supposed to care for each other. We're supposed to get to know each other. Brothers and sisters, this love will require you to stretch. This love is not fickle. This love will do more from the poor than just giving to the poor. This love will cause you to want to know the poor. This love will love people, listen to me, that don't love you back. It will teach you how to love people who don't think like you think, who think who, who's on the opposite end of thinking. Uh, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you on. This love will teach you to love folk who think differently. This love will teach you how to, to uh, embrace what you don't endorse. Are y'all following me? 
It will teach you how to love folk who are different. It will teach you how to love folk that, that don't know the gospel. It will teach you how to love folk who reject the gospel. This love will teach you how to love people who slander you, that, that are talking about you because you're not doing what you used to do. Brothers and sisters, that's love. That's love. That's the love that we get that's, that's given to us when we conform to the will of God. I'm learning how to love folk more and more every day. The more I read Facebook, the more I learn how to love people. The more I talk to people, the more I learn how to love people. Brothers and sisters, love is the answer to all the world's problems. Love will overcome all the problems of this world. That's what he says. He says this. Look at this verse. It says, above all, keep in love, keep loving one another. Earnestly since love covers a multitude of sin. First Corinthians 13 tells us this. Love keeps no record of wrong. It does not treasure up memories of wrong doings. But, but it releases them and, and it does not hold them against people. So guys, we, we can't hold this. Even in, even in undue suffering. Did, did we not hear what brother John Lewis says? You never become bitter. You never become hostile. You never try to demean your opposition. So in the face of this, we love. So somebody may be saying, you know, that's that's easy to say, but how do we live it out? We live it out by allowing the will of God in our life, by allowing God to conform to his will. Brothers and sisters, we make a choice on how we respond. If we allow the will of God to conform our life, to take over our lives, Things that used to bother us won't bother us no more. We will learn how to love people who are difficult to love. As a matter of fact, brothers and sisters, we are difficult to learn because we all have these things that rub people the wrong way. So don't think that you ain't got, you don't have any issues. We all are difficult to love sometimes. Sometimes because God has changed our hearts, we become hard on people. Because God has changed the way we think. We think we're better than other people. And guess what that makes? That makes us difficult to love. So brothers and sisters, we need to, to, to allow the love of God to work in our life. We, we need to look for ways to love people that are different than us. Look at this. Say this last thing about love, then I'm moving on. This love is God's love. This love that I'm talking about, it is the gospel. This love that I'm talking about, it cannot be earned, neither can it be lost, because this is the love of God. It is unchangeable. It's not fickle. It's not based on what we do or what we don't do. 
Look at verse nine. Look at verse nine. And I'm, I'm, I'm almost finished. Like a good preacher, I got to say it. I'm almost finished. Look at verse nine says this. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. This is it. A lot of us are willing to do stuff for folk, um, but we're going to complain about it. We're going to grumble about it. Brothers and sisters, the word, as Peter told the first century church, he told them, uh, don't grumble. Listen, show hospitality. Show love to the stranger. Show hospitality and do it without grumbling. The one thing, if I go into a restaurant, I go into a restaurant and my waiter or waitress is not happy, brothers and sisters, I got to find somebody who's happy about serving. I don't want anybody who's angry bringing me my food. Does that make sense to y'all? Brothers and sisters, we are called to love on brothers and sisters. We are called to love the stranger. We are called to serve the stranger with joy and without grumbling. It's one thing to do it, and then you're complaining the whole time. Listen, that ain't love. That's not love. We are to love the stranger, and we are to love them without mumbling, without grumbling, without complaining. Let's look at verse number 10. Verse number 10 says this. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Brothers and sisters, we are we are to allow the grace of God to work in our lives. Here's this, this very grace. All of us, all of us are, are called to do something for God. All of us are called to do something for God. But not all of us are called to do the same thing for God. We are not all called to serve the same way. We're all called to serve God, but we all don't serve him in the same way when it comes to service. Listen to what it says. If you are, if you are to speak, you speak as if you're speaking the very words of God. If you're called to serve you call through the scrim that God supplies. So we're not to do this half-heartedly. We're not to speak our own words. That's why I'm saying that we, we love everybody because the word tells us to. That's why I'm, I'm not mad with folk. If folk are mad with Willie Addison, they got a problem with the Lord because I'm easy to love. Okay, okay, okay. But brothers and sisters, we, we're, called, we're called to love. We're called to love. We're, we're called to do this. We're called to speak as, as he is giving us the very words. We are called to serve through the strength that he is giving us. Look at this. We're called to serve. We're called to love. We're called to speak. Why? So we can pat ourselves on the back. And say how good we've done, how many strangers that we love, how many people that we're fed, 
how 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 many people that we have uh uh what look what I've done look how I made a way look how I took care of their needs no so that God may be glorified through Christ Jesus that God may get the glory so brothers and sisters our lives are about being conformed to the will of God not just in good times even in hard times our life is about being conformed to his will not so we can pat ourselves on the back but so God can be glorified through Christ Jesus are y'all with me today God is to be glorified so therefore our lives must be examples of who he is we must love like he is we must arm ourselves as he armed himself we we must look out for one another we must serve and we must have Christ like faith let's pray god we thank you today for your word god we thank you that you are our, our creator we thank you that you are our way maker god we thank you that you are a bridge over troubled waters. We thank you that you are our help in the times of trouble. So God, we just love you today. God, we magnify you today. God, we pray that we are good stewards of your grace. We pray, Father, that we are living examples, God, of, of, of your love, that we will love as you have taught us to love, that we will show love and and, and grace to the stranger, God, and, and to those who are attacking us and those who are not like us. May we be an example of you this day and forever. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information or would like to help support the local body of Christ Church in town, please visit our website at ChristChurchInTown.org.